0: Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear.
1: Not just Silicon Valley Bank, but also Signature Bank.
0: Americans can have
1: confidence that the banking system is safe. They were one of the most woke banks. They'll probably get away with it. Poor management on behalf of SPP.
0: When a woman is considered being her prime in her 20s and
1: 30s. Don't let anybody tell you you are ever past your prime. <laughs>
0: Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Laprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views, a new week, a new day. And I tell myself I'm past my prime all the time. I don't seem to be uh, losing any sleep over it, just recognizing reality. Um, it, you can tell we're, we're getting ramped up for the uh, next presidential election. I mean, two things. One, Joe Manchin is sounding more conservative all the time. I mean, he is really trying to get everything lined up for his re-election, even though he hadn't said he's running again. He's running again. Uh lined up for his re-election in West Virginia. He's really, really sounding conservative. Uh, the only thing he hasn't done yet is join the Republican Party. Uh, by the way, I do think he's going to have some uh, – uh, uh, a strong Republican candidate running against him. But Joe Biden – you know, over the last three days – and, of course, we were off Thursday and Friday. Uh, we had a basketball game on Thursday. I had to be out of town for a funeral on Friday. But, you know, over those days, he has come out basically sounding conservative on uh, the border issue. More, con- now, He's not a conservative. but sounding more conservative. And uh, for that matter, opening up uh, uh, energy uh, uh, production up in Alaska – and again, you know, it's, it's because of running for reelection. Now, you know, if, if he happens – and if you, there's any question as to whether or not he plans on running again, that ought to be your answer. I know that Jill hasn't come out and said, yes, he's running, which, you know, Joe wouldn't know what to say. But uh, Jill will be the mouthpiece. She hasn't said he is doing it yet, but it's pretty obvious he's going to run again because he's starting to try to put forth this image that he's not totally nuts – Uh, And he's going to put forth some uh, conservative policies. Now, um, the the big news over the weekend was this uh, Silicon Valley bank boondoggle. And uh, Joe came out this morning and said Americans should feel confident in their banking system. He reiterated a statement from the FDIC and the Treasury Department during the public remarks this morning, telling reporters that the federal government would guarantee depositors at the banks across uh, to access their funds. Uh, He added that no such protection is being offered to bank investors. His administration has also fired the leadership at both banks. Here is the cut to, Clark. Here's uh, Cousin Eddie from this morning.
1: Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country that deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. On Friday, the government regulator in charge, the FDIC, took control of Silicon Valley Bank's assets. And over the weekend, it took control of signature banks' assets. Treasury Secretary Yellen and a team of banking regulators have taken action, immediate action. And here are the highlights. First, all customers who had deposits in these banks can rest assured. I want mean, to rest assured they'll be protected and they'll have access to their money as of today. That includes small businesses across the country that bank there and need to make payroll, pay their bills and stay open for business. No losses will be, and I want this is an important point, no losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Instead, the money will come from the fees that banks pay into the deposit insurance fund. Every American should feel confident that their deposits will be there if and when they need them. Second, the management of these banks will be fired. If the bank is taken over by FDIC, the people running the bank should not work there anymore. Third, investors in the banks will not be protected. And fourth, there are important questions of how these banks got into the circumstance in the first place. We must get the full accounting of what happened and why those responsible can be held accountable.
0: So uh, that was Cousin Eddie from this morning. Now, what did Obama do every time there was something that went, went awry when Obama was president? He blamed Bush. Joe, every time something goes awry, he blames Trump, whether it's a train derailment, whether it's the China balloon. It's Donald Trump's fault. Uh, again this morning now that that was, the clip i just played you actually spoke for about five minutes that was about a minute and a half uh he also blamed donald trump for what happened at the svb bank basically because he's saying that the the rollback of the dodd frank bill was was the cause of this uh the daily caller's got an article out today basically saying man eh, not so quick Um, The bill exempting many banks from the Dodd-Frank Wall Street reform law called the Economic Growth, Regulatory Relief, and Consumer Protection Act passed the Senate in a bipartisan way in 2018. Lawmakers had cited concerns about small banks and credit unions, according to The Hill. Trump then signed the bill into law after it passed the House. Now, remember, in 2018... The Democrats controlled the House. Republicans controlled the Senate, but the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, who was back in power at that point, Uh, out of control, Democrats and the Biden administration have continued to pathetically try to blame Trump for their failures with desperate lies such as the CCP uh, spy balloon, the train derailment. I've already mentioned that. This is nothing more than a sad attempt to gaslight the public to evade responsibility. The fact is that the Biden administration had presided over the catastrophic economy that devastated Americans every day. SVB collapsed Friday after the bank run on its deposit, making the second largest bank collapse in history. The bank had announced a $1.8 billion loss on assets due to rising interest rates. And venture capital funds encouraged companies to withdraw their deposits while the bank stock tanked uh federal regulators announced sunday the new york uh, based signature bank was shut down to protect consumers after the collapse of sb sbb so uh, there there has been a um an effect uh, you know a a uh, wave hopefully this will be as large as it gets but uh another story i've got here in the pile SVB actually had a subsidiary over in Great Britain, so this could have international ramifications. E.J. Antoni, research fellow in regional economics at the Heritage Foundation, told the Daily Caller it's unlikely that Dodd-Frank changes would have prevented the, F- the SBB collapse because the regulation dealt not with individual bank solvency, but with systemic risk. Stress- Testing by the Federal Reserve does not focus on the bank's health, but the bank's interconnectedness to the entire financial system. The collapse of SVB was not, and it was not a systemic risk. Antony uh, E.J. Antony uh, said, "Those claiming the bipartisan deregulation in 2018 was responsible for today's collapse don't understand stress testing, nor uh, fractional reserve banking." SVB collapsed because of the unrealistically low interest rates imposed by the federal and gross financial mismanagement at the bank. Uh, For example, management sold off the bank's interest rates hedges in uh, December of 2021, assets which would have offset the bank losses. Uh, Now, what's interesting about this, too, again, is, okay. you want to find out what the cause is. By the way, they were leveraged up to the hilt. Thomas Massey came out, tweeted, um, saying, let's review the Federal Reserve Bank's many roles and how each of them enabled this bank failure. He says, one, Santa Claus, by keeping interest rates artificially low, the Federal Reserve Bank stimulated the economy and nudged those with capital into the VC space, creating demand for a bank like SVB. Secondly, he said the Fed's arsonist behavior demonstrated by his actions that created $5 trillion out of thin air for Congress to spend that did not, in fact, exist. A good point. I mean, listen, the Fed was printing all kinds of money and giving it to the banks, they were putting it in all kind, and, you know, supposedly this made them solvent. Well, this gave them a lot of money to invest and spend, and that's where they were making their profit. In this case, they w- invested in low-interest bonds that uh, didn't give the yield that they should have given. And again, things that would have counterbalanced that, this bank sold off in December of 2021. Third, the Fed then changed hats from arsonist to firefighter and came the rescue to fight inflation by rapidly increasing interest rates. In other words, they put all this money out there, made interest rates unbelievably low, artificially low. That caught up with them through interest, uh, through inflation rather. So they raised interest rates. Well, SVB was stuck in these low interest rates investments. So they weren't making money. Fourth, the Fed is now likely to act as a trauma doctor, Massey explained, which will see the Fed put its Santa hat back on again with the same consequences. And, and again, this is so predictable. I mean, my wife and I were watching, um, uh, what was it, um, w- one of the, well, the whole thing that dealt with Lehman Brothers going o- over and ba- uh, going under and Bear Stearns. It was a documentary on uh, Netflix, I believe. But I remember turning to my wife and I said, well, they're doing the same thing again now, You know, dumping all this money, making everything artificially low. If you remember back in 2008, what caused that collapse was the artificially low interest rates on the sub- subprime mortgages. And guess what? They got into trouble there because they were handing out mortgages to people that couldn't afford them, and they quit paying their bank notes. They quit paying the mortgages. But, uh, you know, and those are, the, those are the reasons why, some of the reasons why this bank uh, collapsed. But the question is, who was in charge? Who was asleep at the switch? The Santa Clara, California-based bank collapsed last week. It's now under control of the federal regulators, which, again, they're going to frame themselves. Uh, Biden already did this morning that they were the heroes of it. The bank had been the 16th largest bank in the U.S. prior to the bank run that led to its downfall. 16th largest bank in the nation. So Joe asked an interesting question, why did this happen? First of all, one has to ask, why does the FDIC not do more preventative maintenance? The FDIC always comes in and tries to mop up the blood, clean up the mess, but what are they doing to prevent the mess in the first place? Thomas Massey just made some good points about how the Federal Reserve and their bank policies and you know, under the guise of let's stimulate the economy. Listen, the economy is going to have ups and downs. And when somebody is in office and they want the economy to continue to look good while they're in office, instead of letting the economy flow, ebb and flow, as it does on its own – they artificially insert something which makes the economy look as, as good as we can possibly look under my, quote, administration. Well, there's ramifications. You know, sooner or later, you've got to pay the piper. But there's a couple of interesting points that need to be made. First of all, a guy named Joseph Gentile. He was listed on the SVB website as the bank's chief administrative officer previously served as the chief financial officer at Lehman Brothers. The same Lehman Brothers that went down in 2008. So he flies that plane straight into the ground, and then he's hired as the chief administrative officer of this bank. And we wonder why there was an issue. We wonder why there was a problem. I mean, w- would you do that? And and by the way, he was he was hired shortly after Lehman Brothers was flown into the ground. Gentiles' um, connection to Lehman Brothers has sparked numerous takes on Twitter, with some using the connection to liken the SVB's collapse to the uh, 2008 crisis. Like I said, quote, like I said, Lehman 2.0, when you're levered over 10 times plus and you sell assets for a loss, it's catastrophic. Twitter user... Straighten Oak tweeted, Joseph Gentile was the chief administrative officer at SVB. Prior to joining in 2007, he served as the CFO for Lehman Brothers Global Investment Bank. So he was actually hired there before Lehman Brothers totally collapsed. But it was his policies that caused the collapse. Then, so that's one. You you come in and you hire as as the chief administrative officer a guy that destroyed Lehman Brothers. Secondly, Silicon Valley Bank's website calls Craig Becker, Greg Becker rather, Greg Becker as the chief executive officer who presided over the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank, a champion, this is what they called him, quote, a champion of the innovation economy. In a video that he was uh, recorded on for the BBC in December, Becker said his best career advice for job seekers is to build a skill set around the innovation economy in fields like computer programming and project management. When you think about your opportunity, if you're underrepresented, up, underrepresented and have those skills, it's truly endless. He said, "Here's this is cut three, Clark. This is uh, – becker talking basically he was more interested in intersectionality than he was in running a bank
1: so my advice if you're looking for long-term career planning is do everything you can to build a skill set around the innovation economy computer programming project management anything that's going to help you get into the innovation economy this is especially true today for underrepresented individuals with a big push for companies with diversity, equity and inclusion, large companies are looking for individuals who have diverse backgrounds from underrepresented areas with those skills. So when you think about your opportunity, if you're underrepresented with those skills, it truly is endless.
0: This is unbelievable. So this is, if, maybe if you paid more attention to banking, maybe if you paid more attention to being compliant with the law. Stop being worried about woke progressive policies. Maybe this wouldn't have happened. (laughs) Maybe it wouldn't have happened. Indian American Vivek Ramaswamy. If this guy wins the presidency, it's going to be interesting. (laughs) President Ramaswamy. He's the guy that announced a couple of weeks ago that he's a good guy. Very sharp. I'd love to get this guy on the air. Uh, he's going to be running uh, as a Republican for the 2024 U.S. presidential uh, pres- presidential uh, primary, Republican. Um, he wrote, quote, a key cause of the 2008 financial crisis was the use of social factors to make loans. Back then, fostering home ownership. And again, going back to the subprime mortgage. It, it, you, you didn't get a mortgage at a low rate. For any other reason that you happen to qualify for some of the boxes that need to be checked off in the intersectionality. And, of course, back then, it was mostly about what race do you follow under, fall, fall under. I mean, today, it's about transgenderism. It's about lesbian, homosexuality, about your, your race, your gender, your, your transgender. Uh, then, then you really get some uh, extra points. He goes on to say, when we don't learn lessons, history repeats itself. Did Silicon Valley Bank use ESG factors to price its loan? Roll that log over to see what crawls out. So listen, the 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 two top figures of this now collapsed bank have to be looked at as the key to this disaster. I mean, listen, Joseph Gentel, Gentile Gentel has now overseen two major bank collapses. Congratulations. One is one too many. Two is unbelievable. Where's the FDIC on that? And this uh, Craig Becker is is a progressive. He's more interested in progressivism and wokeism than he is in banking. It, it, that's not all. <laughs> it goes on. The New York Post has got an article out. The this is really interesting. So, what what is a key position at any bank? It's a risk assessment officer. In other words, somebody constantly looking day to day, hour to hour, looking over our investments. Are we safe? Are we are, are we uh, you know are we in a position that if you know suddenly people wanted to take their money out of our bank, we'd be in a good position. SVB was. Overly exposed to fluctuations in the tech market, which uh, couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of people, which led to massive losses, a call for new capital to be raised over the losses, and sheer panic among its customer base. There was a run on the bank, as you know, over the weekend, leading to its failure, the second largest in American history. Talk about a risk assessment officer. Listen to this out of the New York Post. There was no risk assessment officer for eight months. It was no different at the bank, the basically the uh, subsidiary, the bank's United Kingdom branch, where its risk assessment executive spent more time worrying about creating safe spaces and pushing woke extracurricular activities Which which is worse, not having one at all for eight months or having one that's looking in the other direction? Probably having one looking in the other direction is worse because you actually think somebody is paying attention. A head of risk management, the head of risk management at Silicon Valley Bank, spent considerable time spearheading multiple woke LGBTQ plus programs, including a, quote, safe space for coming out stories as the firm Uh, capitulated towards, um, catapulted, I should say. They capitulated, too. Catapulted towards collapse. Jay Irsapa, the boss of financial risk management at SVB's UK branch, launched initiatives such as the company's first month-long Pride campaign and a new blog emphasizing mental health awareness for LGBTQ plus youth. Quote, the phrase, you can't be what you can't see resonates with me. Jay Erserpa was quoted as saying on the company website, quote, as a queer person of color and a first generation immigrant from a working class background, there were not many role models for me to see growing up. There are plenty of role models for you to see growing up. (laughs) Listen, is is the first thing you look for in a role model someone who's a person of color or someone who's a homosexual? Would you not look for someone that has character? Is that not what you look for? Uh, So again, we've got another individual here who's all about intersectionality and being woke. (laughs) The, The whole mantra of go woke go broke look it up in the dictionary and you'll see a picture of of these people next to it an svb listen i got more on this we gotta take time out stay with us news and views for a monday continues and uh the hit, hits keep on coming with uh, biden in charge we'll be right back
1: I'm always reluctant after being here 37 years to tell people what the American people think. Uh, and I don't. I can't swear I do. I know what I think. I think I know what they think, but I'm not sure what they think. This is Eastern Carolina News and Views.
0: Welcome back in. A uh, quick look at your weather forecast. Uh, by the way, what's with the uh, cold weather? I mean, it's, I, I realize we're making up for uh, lost winter because the winter felt more like spring, and now the spring is feeling more like winter. Some clouds tonight giving away to mainly clear skies, a low of 33. So if you got any tender plants out there, you might want to cover them up. Uh, tomorrow, plenty of sunshine, a high of 53. Tomorrow night, clear sky, even colder tomorrow night with a low of 30. Wednesday, sunny, a high of 55. And uh, overall, it looks like we've got a lot of uh, good-looking weather Between now and the end of the week, Saturday, there's a chance of showers in the morning, but uh, lots of sunshine, but cooler temperatures. Friday's the day to get out and enjoy with a high of about 72. It is National Good Samaritan Day, so uh, be a good Samaritan, do something nice. By the way, four days till St. Patty's Day, so get your green out for Friday. Talking about the uh, situation with this SVB bank. An interesting side note, I told this to some couple of guys earlier today, and they said, good. Reuters is reporting that China stock investors were heavily invested in this bank. China's CSI 300 index dropped 4% last week, while Hong Kong's Hang Seng tumbled 6% as China's moderate GDP growth target of about 5% for 2023 set during the annual session of the rubber stamp parliament dashed hopes for a big stimulus. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's curious. Apparently there were a lot of China investors in this bank. They're already having a bad go of it over in China. Not that we're having a great go of it here in the United States, but, uh, you know, this might be a blessing in disguise, uh, you know, with China's aggressive stance, especially over in Taiwan and other areas located nearby to where they are. And, of course, you know, we've seen them get involved in the Middle East, uh, shaking hands with Russia. Uh, this might be a good thing. Well, we, <laughs> I don't think anybody can say it's a bad thing. But the, the idea, the good part of this might be that they say, you know what, now's not the time to uh, broaden our footprint Who knows? I don't think they think real clearly. Uh, Interestingly, Jen Psaki was on Morning Joe this morning, and uh, she was asked to share her thoughts concerning Joe Biden's comments this morning in this five-minute speech on the collapse of SVB Bank. (laughs) Listen to what she said. This is cut for Clark. This is uh, Jen Psaki from this morning.
1: Now, it's important to note President Biden does nothing at 9 a.m., he is a night owl. So the fact that he is doing this at 9 a.m. anyway speaks to how uh, vital the White House recognizes it is for him to have his voice out there conveying that to the American public.
0: <laughs> Do you hear what she's saying there? I mean, basically says usually we can't get him up to about 10, 30 or 11 o'clock in the morning. So the fact that he got up at 9 o'clock. When most people have already been at work for an hour and an hour and a half, the fact that we got Joe up at 9 o'clock to make this statement, that that shows you how important this is. Uh, You know, every now and then they accidentally speak the truth. And uh, while we have known that Joe goes to bed early and uh, gets up late, you know, it's funny about this, too. So she she basically tried to say, oh, he's a night owl. Oh, yeah, you know, he's up partying all night. And so for him to get up at 9 a.m. is a big deal. CNN, one uh, commentator, a commentator on CNN um, said, Unlike his most recent predecessors, night owls who spent the dark hours reading materials and watching TV like Barack Obama and Donald Trump did. This is out of CNN. Obviously, they're trying to slam Trump as all he did was watch TV. Biden is more of an early to bed type. So the idea that Biden uh, is up late and gets up late, no, no. He's to bed early and he still gets up late. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> you know, Yeah, we need to get Corrine Jean-Pierre to straighten that out. She'll make it clear as mud. The um, Granholm, the Jennifer Granholm, who's uh, energy secretary, she was on a uh, podcast over the weekend – And was bragging about how well the CCP, Communist China, is doing combating climate change. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Obviously, Jen Granholm knows, and it's true. I mean, very few Americans have been to India or China. So they'll, you know, a lot of them will just take her word for it. The problems with pollution around the world emanate from India and China. China is building more coal-fired plants right now than any other place in the world. China is the biggest importer of coal. And Home wants to praise them? I mean, again, I'm sorry, but these people are... They're either... Have their head in the sand? I'd like to say they have it someplace else, but they either have their head in the sand or they're complete liars. And I think it's the latter. I I mean, China—you can cut it with a knife—the the the soot in the air—and India as well. But no, Jen oh no, they're great. That's great. Speaking of pollution, (laughs) this is almost humorous. Researchers from the Norwegian University of Science and Technology are saying one of the leading causes of climate change is the carbon emission, in this case, flagellants, from moose. <laughs> moose tend to eat birch and young samplings of clear-cut forest. And... uh so that causes a lot of uh, carbon emissions so I, now they're, they're actually saying in this article out of Fox News that um, you know maybe we need to balance the species so I guess that means you'll have a bunch of uh, activists out there putting condoms on male mooses <laughs> how are they going to what are you going to do are you going to go out and shoot them? Environments aren't, aren't going to you – know, you couldn't do that. Heaven forbid. You can't shoot an innocent. Now, if it was a human baby, you'd abort it, right, if you're a liberal. But you're not going to do anything to a moose. Come on. So I guess they'll get moose condoms out there. I can't make it up. Uh, Fox News is reporting a cat fight within Democrat circles. President uh, Wannabe, currently Vice President Kamala Harris – Apparently, she will not return phone calls to Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren uh, was doing an interview a couple of months ago and she uh, was on public radio and she was asked, what do you think about Elizabeth, uh, asking Elizabeth, what do you think about Kamala Harris? Should she be Biden's running mate again in 2024? To which the Indian princess said, I really want to defer to what make." makes Biden comfortable on his team. I've known Kamala for a long time. I like Kamala. I knew her back when she was an attorney general and I was still teaching and we worked on housing crisis together. So we go way back, but they need, they have to be a team. And my senses are that, uh, I don't mean that by suggesting, but I think there are, eh, in in other words, she was trying to have it both ways. She was trying not to insult Kamala, but she was also trying to say, Kamala, go find another job. So, and then she realized how bad she put it. So she tried to call up to apologize to Kamala, and now Kamala won't take her phone calls. Couldn't happen to two nicer women. (laughs) I'm sorry. I shouldn't take delight in seeing a catfight between two Democrat women, but uh, you know what? It is what it is. I'll take it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Get the information you need here to be informed and stay informed. What's a song in this heart of mine? What's a smile on my face every time? Because I love the rainy night. Welcome back in. I had plenty of rain over the weekend. Town Hall is reporting USA powerlifting has made headlines for losing a discrimination lawsuit against a transgender athlete. Now, male-bodied athletes who claim to identify as women must be allowed to compete against females. And who's in charge of the war on women? Polls in recent months, however, have shown the majority of Americans oppose allowing biological males to identify as transgender to compete in women's sports, including at the college and professional level. In June, Town Hall reported how a poll conducted by the Washington Post and the University of Maryland found that the majority of Americans, 55 percent, believe in separating sports by biological sex. A separate poll published by Pew Research found that 58 percent of Americans favor requirements for transgender athletes to compete on sports teams that align with their biological sex. And now a recent poll conducted by Summit Ministries and the McLaughlin and Associates Group showed that the majority of Americans believe that transgender athletes are harming women's sports. Gee, you think? In the findings, 60% of respondents said that the Biden administration's recent Title IX changes that allow sex to include gender identity and allow transgender athletes to compete against women has had a harmful impact to women's sports and biological female athletes. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> you know, what's interesting about this is you go back 50, 60 years, and we had women's sports, but, you know, in college they were al- almost limited to like an intramural status. And, you know, over the past couple of decades, th- they really have been elevated. I mean, here at East Carolina University, you go over and look at the athletic complex. And the women's softball uh, field stadium is not as large as the baseball stadium because they don't get as many fans. But, you know, it's it's every bit as nice and it certainly is uh, newer than the baseball stadium. And I'm just one example of how women's sports have been elevated. But with this in mind, it's there's not going to be any women's sports. I mean, think about how quickly. Women's sports, in terms of the transgender biological males coming into their sports, just consider how where that has come to in just the last two years. What, what will what it look like if, if we go down this path? What will it look like in 10 years? And I, women will just say, why bother? Why should I get involved in this? I, I recognize that the exception to the rule is, that there are some female athletes that are better than some male athletes or non athletes. But the general rule is that men have bigger bone density, have larger bodies, have more mass. And I'm not saying men are better than women, but I'm just, that's just a fact of nature. The findings: 18% of respondents said these policies have been helpful to female athletes. What were any uh, Any moron they found that would say that, or it's got to be so woke it's beyond the pale. 22% of respondents refused to answer. Among those who gave a response, 77% said Biden's Title IX policies are harmful, while 23% said they're helpful. Can't make it up. Hey, we got to take one more time out. Stay with us, because when we come back, I've got a song I want you to hear, and uh, it's all about January 6th. Well, it was sung by the January 6th prisoners. I'll tell you all about it. and It is actually number one on Spotify. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Donald Trump has debuted a, a single – with the January 6th Prison Choir. The name of the song is Justice for All. And it's doing better on things like Spotify and uh, a number of the other streaming uh, platforms. It's doing better than songs by Tim McGraw and all kinds of other chart toppers. Uh, It is uh, number one on the iTunes charts. It was released a couple of weeks ago the song is a tribute to the prisoners of the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. It includes roughly 20 prisoners singing the national anthem, along with Donald Trump giving the Pledge of Allegiance. And uh, the January 6th prison choir consists of individuals who have been incarcerated as a result of their involvement in the January 6, 2021 protest. Here's the song.
1: Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. your God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all.
0: Prison Choir—it's made up of individuals who have been incarcerated as a result of their involvement in the January 6, 2021 protest. The uh, Trump stated, "quote I know that everyone here will soon be marching over." This is what he said uh, just prior to the protest. I know that everyone over here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. The uh, January 6 Choir continues to make their voices heard through the power of music and uh, singing the Star-Spangled Banner. The song was released on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. Proceeds from the song go to certain January 6th families in need. This in a press release from Kash Patel, a former Trump official who played a role in recording the song, He said the January 6th prison choir asked Donald Trump to take part in the project. A campaign advisor told CNN the song doesn't have anything to do with Trump's presidential campaign. Doesn't hurt, though, does it? Uh, So if you want to help, if you want to help the uh, folks that were arrested over the January 6th issue, uh, go to uh, Spotify or iTunes or Apple Music and uh, buy a copy. And uh, you'll have a copy of the song. And uh, you'll be helping about those uh, folks who are in prison, unjustly so, I might add. Hey, thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.